hands up, you're out of luck And your back's up against the wall From Tunisia to Washington The people are calling no You're casting guns, you're cutting thugs Your lies on the TV None of that can save you now As your reign is swept away Get up, get up, your voices are needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Get up, get up, your voices are needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Greetings everyone, this is a call to actions. This is podcast episode number 30. It's Monday, December 14th, and today we have a returning guest who's been on a call to actions. This will be the third time. His name is Scott. Scott is a professional project construction manager with well over 20 years of authentic progressive experience in all aspects of telecommunications. Pacifists was on the civil works of telecommunications, towers, monopoles, rooftop upgrades, cellular towers, civils involved in wireless technologies and broadcast systems. But more recently, he has evolved into a critical player in his regional market as SPOC, as SPOC for a private contractor, He works with the carrier's deployment teams with the newest technology, deployments, quoting projects and builds. He has managed more than 200 of the 5G builds on multiple frequency bands. He has written many safe work procedures and experienced safety code 6 violations. In the last year, he has managed well over $40 million worth of telecom projects. With this extensive background, he is the person with the experience that we look for in getting down to the nitty-gritty and truth from an inside perspective. So, I am Bobby Vaughn, the host, and with us is Kimberly Schultz. (laughs) So, yes, Kimberly is here today. I know it'll be good to hear her voice. You guys haven't heard her voice in a little while. uh, Scott, before I introduce you, you've, uh, you've played... Uh, many roles, many critical roles in the 5G industry and managing, including 5G telecom um, construction project manager, field staff coordinator, you manage new builds, you're certified in tower rescue, and you mitigate risk management issues before they arise. Such an awesome background. Scott, welcome back. Hello and good evening, guys. How's it going? Excellent. Going very well, very well. So, um, I want to kind of run this backwards here. You, you you mitigate risk management issues before they arise. I've I've never heard that in the uh, telecom industry. You know, cellular antenna building. Um, what all led you to receiving your certification in um, in tower rescue? Well, it started off actually way back in the day. I started off as a tower climber, a guy who actually uh, worked on boots on the ground on the job sites, uh, climbing the towers myself. And uh, I started working back in the second generation. So I'm kind of dating myself. (laughs) You know, they just got out of bag phone days. And uh, 
So I worked through that, uh, spent many years working the extremely dangerous jobs, and there was very little in the realm of uh, safety and rescue. And as I progressed through my career, and as soon as I found out about this, well, I like staying alive. I want other people to stay alive. So as soon as I could, we took the courses and uh, I've been certified for uh, quite a number of years and uh, traveled to Seattle where there's the uh, best of the best training center. And now I'm uh, also training uh, many other people on tower rescue. Well, that's awesome. You And also in your, your biography, you you have witnessed level six risks or code, code level code uh, six, six? Violations. Yeah, violations six, yeah, six sc6 is the safety code six it is the standard of safety in wireless uh, emissions so when you see a, uh, an antenna on a building there's a code and regulations they have to follow in where it's put how high it's put what it transmits how powerful it transmits. Uh, so when there's violations of that, <clears throat> uh, that means it was either installed incorrectly, uh, the landlords are allowing personnel to w walk or pass in areas where the emissions are considered to be hot or above uh, acceptable levels. And uh, when I say experienced it, well, I mean really experienced it. Um, radiation sickness, uh, overexposure, contamination. Um, it's, uh, it can be quite traumatic on the body. Yeah, the cellular damage and the, the possible uh, mutagenic properties of those really high frequencies. And it just keeps on, you know, technology just keeps progressing so fast every year that, you know, people with their boots on the ground rolling this technology out like you and uh, and others, you guys are really really put into harm's way. Um, here recently, have there been any any safety issues that that you've been a little concerned about from a, a manager's perspective, either on like your own work site or something you've seen elsewhere on the planet? Yeah, there's definitely some, uh, but at the same time, uh, there's training. We just call it SC six training safety code six training. So uh, if you were to be the one in your house who changes your light bulbs, you take precautions. You turn the light bulb off and leave it off for a while before you go and change it. Otherwise, you will burn yourself. It's hot and it needs time to cool. Uh, you wouldn't go and change that light bulb in your bathroom, that floodlight, while it's still hot. Guarantee you'll get burned. But if it's an open exposed light bulb like in a shop, you can walk right up behind it, your eyes aren't gonna get blinded from it. You can walk right up behind the floodlights and you're fine in that area. You step around in front of it, you're gonna get blinded. Antennas are the same kind of thing. If you're trained in how to approach them, how to work at them, there is a reasonably safe way how to deal with it. It is not public knowledge People don't know about it. You have to take special training. Our guys are trained on it. Um, and when you do come up behind them, there are ways to be safe working around them. But it's not always the case. 
recently, uh, there's programs that have run out, um, and they call it, uh, what was it they call it? Um, Save to Code 6 mitigation. They have to find ways to mitigate the hazards, and a lot of that is putting uh, posts and chains with signs on rooftops, and they make uh, areas of uh, denied entry. As you've probably seen, there's a number of different signs um, of the hazards, just like uh, the MSDS you find on uh, cans of good paint, bad paint, aerosols. Uh, we have the same kind of MSDS signs for wireless emissions. There's warnings, there's dangers, and then there's uh, hazards, the three different uh, symbols. And uh, on a lot of rooftop uh, buildings, before you exit the building, that last door, there's a sign on it, wireless emissions beyond this area. And then it'll tell you what the hazard level is. Is it a warning, a danger, or a hazard? So when you go out there, uh, the big program recently um, was to put many posts and chains and every antenna required a sign on it. How close can you get behind it? Was it a uh, one meter, a two meter, or a warning? Depending on the type of sign, the type of, fre or the type of frequency, antenna type, where the reflections around it, this stuff has to get taken into consideration. If not, those SC6 violations can then be felt by people who work in the area. And that's where the uh, knowledge and training comes in. If you're to approach a uh, telecom site, whether it's uh, a, for cell phones, whether it's for radar, uh, air traffic control, you, you name it, uh, it can be as simple as a, a Yagi sometimes, depending on the power output from it, it says where the emissions are. Sad thing is, they are invisible. You cannot see them, you cannot smell them. There's absolutely no way to tell until you're in the area, if you're not being warned, you're in the area, then you start feeling the signs and symptoms of, you know, exposure. What would that, what would that look like? What would that feel like if you were getting exposed to something and you weren't aware? Say, you know, someone who doesn't have your knowledge walks into the area and it's not properly, or they're neither not paying attention to the warning signs or they're just oblivious to what's going on in the area. So you mean like uh, an air conditioner maintenance person who walks on a rooftop to uh, work on the, uh, the big rooftop air conditioners and happens to be in the area of the antennas? Exactly right. So the, the biggest signs and symptoms if you're in there for over a period of time, and there's specific ratings on that as well, um, some of the big signs is you, you feel like you have a head cold. Oftentimes it's right in the nasal, the eyes, the head. It just feels like you have a head cold and almost just not, I shouldn't say disoriented, but uh, that, that brain fog, like when you start getting a head cold. That's the most common. Beyond that, it depends how intense it is. The hunger, you feel like really hungry, like you just haven't eaten. That's also another common one. Some people taste it. Now each person, each body is different. Like uh, I'm a bigger guy. I go in there, 
I'm about 250. My mass says it will affect me differently than it will affect someone who's 150 pounds. Someone who's like 150 pounds and, and five foot nothing probably can be affected faster than me. Why? Our bodies are miracles. The way they operate are phenomenal. The blood that circulates through your body is your radiator because you sweat. You sweat because your body gets hot and it's constantly circulating. So if I put my hand in, in an area where I'm getting radiation on my arm, the blood is always circulating in and out of there. So it keeps my hand cool. If I leave it in there for too long, well, the inevitable does happen. But if it's your entire body, your body circulates the best it can and heats up. Uh, I had to work on uh, an AM tower. Uh, an AM tower, obviously AM radio, they don't like losing listeners, they really don't. So either they can transmit from a nearby tower, crank the power up a little higher to cover the area so there's no loss, or the usual thing is they turn the power level down. Nowadays, they're supposed to turn them off completely. A little bit different. They turned it from uh, 50,000 watts down to 10,000 watts of uh, uh, AM mod amplitude modulation. And you lean a wooden ladder up against it because you can't touch the grounding and the tower. It'll blow you apart. So you go up the wooden ladder and step across onto the tower and then climb. At one in the morning, on a cold, rainy night, I was sweating through three layers, profusely sweating, because I was part of the induction. And my body was heating up and cooling itself by sweating. By the time I got off, it felt like I had a fever of 104. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've seen that uh, the body temperature can, can raise a couple of degrees. It may be even more than that. That's just through just a few National Institutes of Health studies that they've done on, on mice. It's probably more than that, depending on what frequencies you're, you know, one's exposed to. Uh, here, just for fun, would, would you recommend your, um, any workers or anyone around cell towers to wear aluminum helmets? <laughs> um, no, actually, because uh, aluminum is highly conductive. So if you're wearing aluminum on your on your person, uh, it could be more of a trap than a reflector. And uh, if you're within the area that your entire body is uh, getting uh, exposed and you have an, an aluminum hard hat, it is a dome over your head, it could actually contain more as opposed to releasing it. It's like putting on a toque in the winter. It keeps your head warm by trapping the heat inside. Yeah, like insulating, insulating something that's coming in. Instead of it leaving the head, it's right. trapped in the in the brain, or could be trapped in the brain. If uh, well, that's right. interesting, I'm I'm glad you answered that one, because of course I remember I didn't grow up in the '70s, but um, the uh, tin tin foil hat people back in the '70s, and they're still around. Uh, they are still around, and I figured just for those type of people, I should uh, ask that question from a uh, professional. Good question, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Last time we talked, we talked about 
something that was really, really interesting to me was the, the shrouding. Something that probably people have seen, just didn't recognize it, or they were moving so fast past the, uh, the shrouding, the antenna shrouding, that they just didn't even really think about it too much. You know, we talked about um, you know, fake or what look like chimneys actually are cellular antennas. And uh, since we talked last, have you dealt with any, any more types of shrouding or is it, there any new type of shrouding out on the market? I'm looking for the file actually. There's a company called Obscure Tech. Do I have that file here? I can't find it right now. I have uh, quite a few files to look through. So let me just see. Obscure tech. What it is, is a foil. Um, there it is. It's by 3M. 3M makes something. It's a concealment uh, film. Conceal film, obscure tech. Uh, they can take entire antennas, wide open, wrap it in this. It is basically equivalent to an invisibility film. I think I mentioned something previously about that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it. Yeah, that that's one that's uh, one of the newest ones out there. Um, fiberglass shrouding by actual rigid fiberglass. The false tops to buildings. You look at a building and you think, oh, that's common usual 12-story building some of them aren't 12 stories they're 10 or 11 and the top entire floor is a shroud around it and behind that shroud is where all the antennas are and they're very common in las vegas actually um the uh uh what's the one that has the canals and that in it right in vegas oh, as it looks like italy yeah it's uh, the venetian Venetian. The whole top of the Venetian has practically a two-story shroud on it, and it's made out of a, a type of fabric. And it's a printed fabric that looks really cool. It looks like an Italian building there, except it's all a shroud. It hides their uh, mechanical, it hides all the cellular and that, and when you're high enough, you can look into it. There's some places you can see it. And so it's in plain sight, hidden uh, church steeples very common crosses chimneys you name it and uh, it can be in there yeah the one I think after the uh, I started noticing those of course I think the first were the the mono pines that look like pine trees or eucalyptus trees um, notice those out in Orange County California um, and the next, thing, the next thing we noticed were, were crosses and steeples, and e even in flagpoles. It seems like they could be put anywhere. Um, with that said, how, how small do 5G antenna get? How small can they be? Well, so far what I've seen, it, it really depends on the frequency. Uh, that's a big point right there. Uh, and what is 5G? That's another whole thing to get into um, because 5G is not what most people think it is. It is not a thing. It is a group of frequencies, a group of technologies that creates what people call 5G. So the low band, a 600 megahertz band requires a larger antenna. 
And the antenna that is most commonly used by that is a six foot long antenna, it's a, a panel antenna. You can't use a small antenna, like a two foot antenna, and yet gain that same frequency out of it and a distance. Um, it, the size of it actually does matter. Now, when you get up to higher frequencies, the antennas shrink in size. Uh, the 3.5, the 2.5 also requires, sorry, 2,500 megahertz. Sorry, I'm using my uh, telecom lingo. 25 megahertz also because it's right in the cellular band. It's 5G, but within the cellular band, which is normally from uh, 700 megahertz to 26, 2700 megahertz, all the regular cell phone bands are within that. Um, and the 2500 megahertz as 5G, it's one of the NR bands, uh, it still requires a full size panel antenna. Jump to the next most common one, uh, 3500 megahertz, that changes. It's no longer in a panel antenna, it's now into a um, an air antenna, antenna integrated radio. The radio, mm -hmm. the antenna is all one box. Never heard of that one, air integrated radio. Yeah. Just writing that down, air integrated radio, interesting. Um, so 5G, yeah, thanks for explaining what it is because a lot of people would be wondering. And to anyone who, who hasn't listened to our, our previous podcast with Scott, uh, we, we do explain what 5G is and the current technologies. Um, and it's not 5 gigahertz. Um, once again, it is fifth generation, a type of new uh, technology. It's something that I think probably most, most people confuse. Um, I, I've seen, I was looking at, are you familiar with Microwave Journal? Mm, is that like an online journal? I don't think I am actually familiar with that. Yeah, they, um, it's, it's a good, a good resource, a Microwave Journal. They, they have podcasts, um, magazines, they even have printed, printed magazines as well. Um, they, they provide services and consulting and of course, uh, literature uh, to all different types of industry, telecom, uh, air and defense, of course, military, and uh, things down, down, down that line. I, I was seeing, I was checking some of their current news on microwavejournal.com today, and um, they, 6G, they were actually talking about 6G I didn't have enough time to get into what 6G actually is. I mean, we just got into the 5G rollout. So wh why are they already going to 6G? That's uh, a little uh, concerning. Yeah, 6G. That I've heard about this. I've read about it. It. <laughs> how do I put it nicely without? Um, it's a theoretical goal. It's. Uh, always reaching for the next best step, the next biggest thing. Uh, it's like the race to the moon. Who can get there first? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter anything is achieved, but it's a race to the, at the final goal. 6G, what is it? No one even really knows what it is. It's a theoretical um, 
they don't even have a benchmark for what it is. Geez, people don't even really understand 5G as of yet because 5G is just coming to a place that's being used on handsets. It hasn't even moved into the IoT realm very much as of yet. Uh, once it hits the, the IoT realm and, and goes full bore, that's when our world begins to change. So before 5G is even completed to a, a full operating system, 6G is only uh, a white paper. Yeah, uh, I mean, 5G, I mean, it's, it's grown faster than, than any mobile technology in history. Um, we currently, as of this month, have 229 million subscribers globally to uh, 5G, and they're already talking about 6G. And to theorize, I, I wonder if 6G may be the communication system between one 5G network to another 5G network, maybe somewhere in lower space. Because I, 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 I don't know if that would be part of the 5G network, say like a low orbit, say like a satellite system communicating with a 5G network down here. Maybe, maybe I've heard something about that exact thing about 5G from satellites. Um, where and how it fully connects, I don't know. And uh, the way they could do 5G from satellites, what makes that even a possibility is the fact that the majority of the distance from the satellite to Earth, there's no resistance because there's no atmosphere. It's once you get into the atmosphere where there is resistance. The same as the rockets coming into, into our atmosphere. There, there's no resistance as they fly through space, hit the atmosphere and they heat up. And that's resistance because of what's in our air. And the same thing with the wireless. It can broadcast from satellites and it's easier to go straight down towards the earth than it is from the earth pushing its way through to space. So the download from uh, the satellites does work and uh, how hot does that have to be from space? I have no clue that's outside of my realm and uh, it it's obviously has to probably my speculation the propagation would have to be probably 10 times what we would ever use on earth because you have all that free space loss coming through the atmosphere before it even gets to the user. Um, ExploreNet does this exact thing. ExploreNet is a uh, service um, that provides a phone and satellite in the northern areas and uh, it works uh, one of my friends uses it uh, he's a, an off-grid guy and he has uh, uh, his internet and home phone through ExploreNet because there's no landlines to his house so it's an option for some people hmm. interesting interesting yeah not too many people talk about 6g and how um, you know, future systems would communicate. Um, I see you're, you're showing me a picture. Is that a uh, is that a 4G LTE antenna? No. You see on the cabling, there's no uh, coax cables. All you see there is uh, the black DC power cable and the uh, silver fiber optic cables because that is the radio and the antenna built into one. The radio is the gray part on the back and uh, the antenna is the white part on the front. So the entire processing happens within that unit. Uh, whereas all the lower band radios, 
cell phone radio uh, and cell phone antennas, uh, the 600 band, the 2.5 band of 5G, they have to have coax on the bottom going over to a separate radio. This is why 5G is different in the higher bands because it's all combined into one. I just wanted to connect some dots here on that um, document called 5G and induction of coronaviruses. In skin cells. Yeah, when, when a, a quote says, it is concluded that in the next generation of mobile technology, emitted waves of towers will have more effects on biological cells. In this research, we have known that new generation mobile technology like 5G could have the main role in constructing various types of viruses, such as coronavirus, within a cell. And you mentioned the symptoms of head cold, eyes, nose, head, brain fog, that feels like a cold. It just like screamed, okay, this technology is causing, um, you know, those kind of symptoms, which are cold-like symptoms. Hmm. And if people are getting exposed to this technology, it's invisible. They don't know how they're getting exposed. And it's creating these symptoms, they may not necessarily be sick, but they are getting affected by the technology itself. Uh, I just found that very interesting. That document, I guess um, Bobby said it was pulled a couple of days after it was posted. And um, I just found it very interesting when you mentioned the symptoms and then that's exactly what it's saying in that document was there's a connection between the technology and people people being affected at the cellular level um when it says it could construct a virus i don't understand that because i don't understand uh how a wireless frequency can actually construct a virus. As far as I know, uh, viruses aren't constructed uh, just randomly in somebody's skin. It's It has to be transmitted uh, from person to person. Um, because a cell breaks down, doesn't mean that it's going to uh, turn into a virus. And if it did, I just, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I'm not uh, understanding exactly where this person is going with his write-up, but uh, for a cell to break down and actually create a hole in the cell, it requires a different type of radiation. There's a difference between ionizing and non-ionizing. Non-ionizing can heat the cell, but it does not have the amount of energy required to actually break the molecule. That's ionizing radiation. So not quite sure on that part. Um, I'm not a scientist, but uh, I do know that uh, how much power these things have. And uh, because I know I have been uh, overexposed uh, myself to a hazardous point. Um, the heating of the cells is a big problem on its own, but breaking them down to the point that uh, uh, the cells break into holes, 
I, I, I don't quite buy that personally, or I don't have enough information on it. It's a strange one. It, it's it's tough to believe, but I mean, I, I couldn't believe that the the research project was <laughs> was even conducted, and they came to that conclusion. So I mean, I'm still at a at a fifty fifty on that one. I I just don't know because it's it's one of the most strange ones I've seen so far uh, in regards to um, coronavirus and. Uh, yeah. 5G. It is interesting what Kimberly brought up that some of the main symptoms in an individual who is chronically exposed to electromagnetic frequencies are some of the same symptoms that people get when, when they have common colds. And coronaviruses cause common cold symptoms. So, I mean, it's possible the... Uh, I do believe a lot of people are being misdiagnosed. So, I will have an open mind. I'll keep an open mind because there's some things I, I know, some things I don't know, and there's some things that I don't know that I don't know. So I'll keep an open mind. But there's one line in here that to me is a bit of, a bit of a giveaway. Um, on the what's called page six, uh, near the bottom right-hand side, it says, to produce these viruses, it is necessary that the wavelengths of external electromagnetic fields be equal or less than the size of a cell. How are we measuring these wavelengths? Millimeter waves, right? So if you have one millimeter on a ruler, So if I have one millimeter and I look at that and go, I wonder how many cells can I put on that one millimeter? You're going to get hundreds of thousands of cells on one millimeter. So if the wavelength of the external electromagnetic fields are equal or less than the size of the cell, what that tells me is this person is talking about electromagnetic fields that are on the ultra high level not telecom and when he says for this reason 5g technology well that's not 5g technology hmm. that is laboratory uh gamma rays that's not 5g technology so i think there's a little bit of either misunderstanding or somebody who is super intelligent uh got their their lines crossed because those two statements put in the same paragraph contradict each other so mm -hmm. you can put as many equations and cool looking stats you want but the highest 5g i have ever heard of ever is 93 gigahertz 93 we have um megahertz that's our, our 700 meg 2600 meg uh, then you go into the higher levels, 38. A 38, see, we don't even put the, the ratings on it. A 38 gig is a microwave dish. It's for you. We use it for transport. A transport from site to site, it shoots the information back and forth. Uh, it shoots in a very, very small pattern. You can't have anything block it. Can't have people go in front. Otherwise, you lose customers. 38. Well, now they're putting out some 5G stuff that's in a much higher frequency 
Um, we've heard of the, uh, I think it was 43 gig, the 60 gig everyone knows about, but even the 60 gig is not a common thing in the Americas. It's very, very uncommon in the Americas. And there's a, a very definite reason for that. How far can it shoot as far as the distance goes? The higher the frequency, the shorter the distance. So it seems like um, in order to get some some very damaging uh, EM, EMF exposures, you'd have to either have to be really close or you'd have to be exposed to an extremely high uh, frequency. Um, you say that there are 93 gigahertz. So can you explain the difference between, you did a little bit, the difference between um, high frequencies and low frequencies. And I know that there's uh, um, extremely low frequencies that can travel long distances, but the, um, the extremely high frequencies, they have to have like 5G, they have to have antenna every, every uh, 10, 20 feet maybe 30 feet because their uh, their wavelength is so so small and it can't travel that far yeah the uh, go back to the old school statement for every uh, action there's an equal and opposite reaction right so for every frequency that you go lower the further distance it can travel because of the size of the waveform and if you have a whole bunch of waves in a one foot as opposed to uh, a whole bunch of waves in one mile, it travels differently. We exchanged some lots of conversations and the weirdness of what's been going on in the last year or eight months, nine months. Um, and you said that you felt like your eyes were open to some things that you were blinded by in the past. And I, we didn't get into the details of that, but um, if you wanted to just put that on the table, it'd be, be an interesting topic to discuss well there's been a few things one I'm uh, open to understanding more and more about uh, uh, the other side of this telecom I can build it I can build this stuff in my sleep and it means nothing to me. Um, in fact, as you can see, I was just on the phone uh, with crews halfway across the country doing this and uh, it, it's quite commonplace. Uh, seeing it, dealing with it uh, in person is one thing. Seeing it from uh, someone else's point of view, uh, stepping back and getting my head outside of the industry, understanding that I very well may have been and can be um, blinded by my own education can be rather interesting because my own education, I'm, I shouldn't call it radiation. I'm told to call it emissions. Um, it's wrong to call it that. I can't use certain words. I can't say people are repelling. That's banned. I have to say rope access controlled dissent. Uh, the same as uh, the way governments tell people, do this, do that. It's the same in our industry. Um, so uh, I'm open to the fact that uh, I have been taught so much that I, it can get in my own way, if you understand what I mean by that. Well, it, 
some of the most brave and uh, courageous people that I've ever met are people that have been on the inside and that can actually take a step back and see it, you know, with new and open eyes. It takes a lot of bravery uh, to do that. Uh, it takes a lot of um, awareness and openness to uh, to being woken up even more. And, you know, that's uh, something that not too many people do. Uh, and, the, and, the, and there's a pattern, what we've seen throughout, um, name the subject, where there's a some level of compartmentalization where if you're just focused on one piece, you cannot always connect the dots. So that's kind of how, that's their strategy. If we can't connect the dots and we're just focused on one area, then we don't realize what we're contributing to in an overall sense of things. So, um, yes, exactly. And uh, this is where I have a big problem when people point fingers and say, look at those tower riggers, look what they're doing to us. And they take it out on them. They don't have a clue. They exactly what you said you were on. It's the compartmentalization. Uh, and this goes all the way to the top right from John Doe who puts a shovel in the ground to many of the project managers. What you are taught is this one little bit, go put bolt in hole. Why? Don't ask a question, just go do your job. Next guy, go put up an antenna. Why? Because it's part of the system, just go do it. For me, because like in my introduction, I've been around long enough, I've seen the entire life cycle from people saying, hey, I want cell phone service to a customer or, or sorry, the carrier saying, I wanna put this in your area because we want this service. That's not even the end of it. It goes beyond to a point that is so high up, it is beyond what almost anybody can see. And 5G in my mind, these hazards are the smallest thing. These hazards, are the least of my concerns. I, I know, first off, I shouldn't minimize it because uh, personally, I wouldn't want to have a house right beside a, a 5G tower or, or building. Um, I know simply by doing testing on my own that these new antennas, like I showed you in a picture, uh, they are hot enough that I don't want to be anywhere near it. Within a close proximity, obviously because there's effect, like we said, the head cold. And, uh, but if, if that was to stay for an extended length of time, it becomes incoherent thinking, becomes uh, behavioral uh, changes uh, to the point that is irritating. Go beyond that. Take this a step further, beyond the physical realm, beyond how it affects your body to something much bigger right here. Facebook, one of many. How does that relate to 5G? Very simple. They, people who operate this, keep everybody glued to the phone. The more you are glued to the phone, the more this next best thing is coming. The best thing is coming. 5G, it's the miracle. Pay attention to it, focus on it. It's the new thing. One of our guys, he was desperate to get a phone that had 5G because he wants to be the best of the best all the time. He wants to keep up with the Joneses. Why? 
because we're told to, we're taught to. It's taught to be spend money, go spend money, get online, stay home, stay safe. Well, what do you do when you stay home and you stay safe? You get on these damn things all the time. You're on the computer nonstop. And the more you're on the computer, the more you're on your phone, the more you can't go out to stores, the more you shop. The more you shop, the more you spend, the more you're a consumer. That's what they want. They want you to be stuck into the system. It is the matrix. I've been building the matrix. I've been building the matrix for 20 years. I've understood it, but not to the realm I have recently that this matrix is so deep and so strong that it controls people. It controls countries. It steers the population. Cambridge Analytica proved that. The Great Hack, one of the most amazing uh, on the Netflix series. It's one, sorry, next Netflix show, The Great Hack. They show in there the people who do this, what they do, how they have steered entire countries into war. Uh, Donald Trump, when he was uh, in uh, 2016, they swayed a population. What's going on right now in the, the U.S. elections? Uh, every vote must count. Every vote must count. You hammered in you nonstop. It's freaking brainwashing. And it's happening through the media. 5G, it's the next best step. Higher, more potent, more density, more speed. Because why? It's the next best thing. IOT, the Internet of Things. 5G is moving into the internet of things. Why? Don't think. Listen. Do what you're told. Vote for this person. Don't ask questions. We're telling you what's right, so you must listen. And catchphrases. Over and over and over, the catchphrases are coming through. If it's not on the media, I don't listen to the news. I don't like, I don't even watch TV anymore. Whoever says that, says it on a phone, they're blinded. The media is everywhere. If you're complaining while on your phone because of what's going on around you, you're part of the damn problem. And this is exactly what's going on here. 5G is just an extension of what everything is that's going on and it's sucking people in. And, and sorry, but they're just sucking their brains because they're not thinking. They're doing the next best thing. They think they're doing something cool because they're told to. They're not thinking. Thanks for that. Um, it, it's, it seems to be pretty easy to control a society. Uh, when you have repetition in, in media and commercials and advertisements, you, know, you, get, you just tell get, the lies long enough, eventually people believe it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, seeing people being led like sheep, we've mentioned this before, be, seeing people being led like sheep with their muzzles, how to travel down aisles, up to the cash register. What they're being led to now is sheep up for the vaccine. Um, they're being led to their slaughter, potentially. <laughs> I think that may be an extreme way to put it, but it is as if people are being led like sheep to the slaughter. And there, there's no logic. I, I see people driving around in their cars by themselves with a the muzzle on. <laughs> I am so against this so uh, my wife and i she she's just as strong as i am against this and she goes out and does almost all the shopping because i can't i will same for multiple yeah. reasons one i have asthma and i will not wear a mask i haven't worn a mask one time yet and i will refuse to 
And I have, I have refused to. I will go into a store if they allow me to without a mask. Otherwise, up yours, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, but I'll go somewhere else. Um, they are being led to the slaughter, uh, figuratively, realistically, you name it. But there is zero logic to this, and it has been proven a hundred times over. Anyone who chooses not to investigate is choosing to be ignorant. This is this is the best time for us to start asking the what ifs. And since we have, you know, we do have some resources and tools that we can use to start putting these puzzle pieces together. You know, um, like what if 5G, it is a communication system of the Internet of Things, of the actual communication system of the machines, machines communicating autonomously with other machines. And the 5G rollout at the time of the, quote, coronavirus pandemic is interesting is it is as if there may be something that's injected into people with a vaccine that needs to be tracked via the internet of things 5g network so it's something that you know i don't have evidence of that but uh, seeing how history plays out it seems that it may be going that way it's good to ask questions definitely and think of the theoretical not for fear-mongering, not for the point of creating a conspiracy theory, but for being somebody who is logically investigative. If you don't ask why, you're, you're losing humanity. We have to ask why. So there's something I ask, and I have done it very quietly. I don't want to ask publicly and talk to people publicly because it scares them. So what if everyone goes and gets this injection? There's no history that has been proven to be good because there's no history. What if this injection they all get, what if 5G actually triggers it? Right. What if there's something in it? We don't know that when, when the emissions get strong enough and high enough frequencies that it triggers a, a stronger effect in the body. Um, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Do uh, you have something else? Um, well, uh, something else along these lines, uh, exactly what we're talking about, um, something is coming. There is a storm coming beyond what most people could possibly imagine. And uh, there's been a recent update by the uh, greatest military analysts available, and they put out a dire warning a long time ago. They have recently updated it as of, of recently as September 2020, saying there is a very short time left before the ultimately most catastrophic events will happen. It's not if, it is when. And people better prepare. Hmm. Very interesting. What, what, so what's, natural, natural disasters? What or? Did that, what, yeah, what was the source for that? I'm curious. I don't know if I've heard of it. I uh, will send you the source. It is actually Deagle, D-E-A-G-E-L, Deagle.com. They are a military analyst site that monitors every purchase made daily around the world for the majority of all militaries. So somebody who does that, I take that fairly seriously. And they have a history of this for many, many years. They talk, they can show movements, purchases, uh, who's buying what, when, and where. Um, but they also have 
um, a forecast they've had for a long time, since I believe 2014. Uh, the forecast all leads to one specific year, 2025. And I've said, been saying this for probably three years, people better prepare by 2025. Well, now we're hitting 2021 in, a, in a, uh, less than a month. My wife and I, we are stocking up already. We are preparing because what's coming, they're saying, is related to the coronavirus, related to 5G, related to the elections, how the civil unrest is going to take place. Yeah, 2025, That I've seen that date a lot as well. Uh, in the transhuman realm, um, the Avatar B is supposed to be completed in and around the year 2025. That's when uh, the International Congress uh, 2045 Global Initiative uh, plans on reverse engineering the human brain, uh, creating a synthetic version of the human brain for Android purposes. And now the Internet of Things is really, really starting to come into its, its birth with 5G. And these artificial brains, um, androids may be out here communicating with one another. And what's interesting as well, uh, Boston Dynamics rolled out its, its spot, four-legged robot. Uh, it is now yep. up for public sale. It's out on the streets. It's even doing COVID-19 surveillances, which is weird, acting as some type of new COVID-19 police, uh, policemen, um, you know, yeah, within the and next... And you have biblical prophecy. Biblical prophecy is unfolding all around us. I mean, it, it's in the days of Noah. I mean, it, yeah. it's we are in the days of Noah. There's genetic modification, whether it be through the food, whether it be you know, our fluoridated water, whether the it be new vaccine. Our, our programmed minds through the yeah. technology. I mean, it, it's it's war. <laughs> Spiritual war. Uh, you probably then recently heard about China super soldiers where they're taking uh, humans and uh, with genetic uh, modifications, creating super soldiers. And uh, this is in competition with the uh, uh, what the U.S. was doing, uh, but not near to the same extent, because China has actually now developed it and created it. Superhuman soldiers. Why do they dick around with humans? Mm. In the days of Noah, that's what we said here, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and when they start modifying things on a DNA level, what happened? The flood happened because once you've been genetically modified at a DNA level, um, this was brought up in a, in a movie we watched the other day called Inhuman, and it said you're unredeemable at that point. Like, you're, you're, you're not even human anymore. I mean, God's trying to redeem the human, but if you've been modified genetically, DNA splicing and all this, you, why did the flood come in the first place? Because you can't redeem something that's no longer what it was. And if Sodom and Gomorrah got destroyed, what do you think it is now? Sure can't be far off. True. Yeah, 2025, that date. Um, have you heard of Air Force? There was a, uh, a strategic, um, it was pretty much a, a think tank in the Air Force back in 1996 
to put their best minds together and working out uh, future prototypes for projects, uh, Air Force 2025. Uh, their goal was, was to control the weather by 2025. That was one of their goals. Uh, one other was to create uh, holograms of aircraft in the sky to, uh, to deceive the enemy, uh, kind of like a Project Blue Beam type of hologram. Like those are two projects of the many projects there are. I highly recommend looking into that. Uh, they took down those those documents off of their their website here a few years ago. Though they, if you if you dig, you can find them. Um, I believe there there are about twenty five different projects. Um, Air Force two thousand twenty five. Well, I think a lot of this um, this whole transhumanism push is. Um, after the rapture, I think that's going to be the whole tribulation period of time. Um, there's a, um, I was trying to look for the verse in the Bible about how they'll say that they want to die and they cannot because they've now, now they're in containers. They're kind of like um, technolo technology has turned them into like a vampire. They want to live forever. Well, they can't die at that point because now they're stuck. They can't just leave the body. It's just sick. Big to die. Don't beg for the rocks and the hills to fall on yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they won't be able to. I was going to try to find the verse on that while you guys are talking. Oh, here it is. Let's see. There's oh, it uh, it's Luke. Uh, Project Luke. No, it's, it's Luke 2036. It said... For they cannot die anymore, for they are like, like the angels and our children and our children of God being children of the resurrection. It, it just goes into, basically, they, you know, I don't know, it's bizarre. This, this the whole connection of biblical prophecy and the technology and living and watching it happen before our eyes and being able to connect these dots. And at the end of the day, we're not here to fear monger. We never... Have, that's never been our point in any conversation is really to get people to think, use their logic, get off the phone, get off the TV. I, I, don't, think it, I don't think anyone's ever considered us fear mongers anyways. No, I'm just saying that I always want to mention that during every conversation so that people understand that what we're here to do is to get people to think. We're not telling people what to think, but to think for yourself, to use your logic, to not just let the media drive you, not let the internet drive you, drive your mind, but to think and connect those dots and for yourself. And then, of course, you know, to take the precautions of we are anti-vaccine because I, mm. I haven't had a vaccine since I was a kid. I've never felt any need to have one. We just take good vitamin supplements. We eat good. We sleep good. Um, my family has been mm -hmm. exposed and, and all got tested and was, you know, we were around them at the time and we never got sick. So I think that was another false positive. I, I don't believe the could crap. be. They had symptoms, but I don't know that they had it. <laughs> but a normal, healthy person has what's called an immune system. <laughs> and if you are a normal, healthy person with an immune system there is no logical reason why you have to wear a mask 
because your body is healthy. Uh, the, the numbers that I've seen in my area, greater than 80% of the deaths related with COVID are in long-term care homes. Now, long-term care homes, uh, my wife was a healthcare worker for 15 years. A long-term uh, care home should actually be called your last dog shop. You're not coming out of there. That is a place where people require full care. Means uh, uh, they're incontinent, they can't think, they have dementia. They're not coming out of there alive. So if people in there get a cold, oh, that's just giving them a little nudge over the edge. So we just stopped our entire world economy for people who are in the long-term care home. But now we're told, we're going to give them the vaccine. But don't be shocked if, if they die shortly after because they're close to that anyways. So it's completely counter-narrative. And people who are healthy, who uh, do have a strong immune system, have no reason to wear a mask, are getting shut down. Just down the road from me is a uh, church. They have been arrested, they've been blocked from it, and they're not allowed to go there. Yet two doors down is a, a pub and they'll regularly walk in and out of there and a gym further and they'll go in and out of there. It has nothing to do with this. It is all about control and it's actually really uh, from, from here targeting people who go to church. It's targeting Christians. Uh, they are the ones singled out over and above any other group whatsoever. That's such a great point. And that, that brings together the, that kind of brings full circle um, the um, telecom antennas installed in church steeples around churches and how they monopolize on churches. And now here with the pandemic completely targeting churches and uh, when gyms have more attendance than a lot of these small churches. But um, with all of that said, um, we're just about out of time. Uh, for podcast number 30 with telecom professional, what I, I consider a brave individual, a whistleblower even, uh, Scott. Uh, are there, is there anything else you'd like to say before we head off for today, Scott? I'm sure we'll probably do this again later, and that's good for now. Otherwise, we'll get too deep into another conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really Ephesians. Um, you know, this is a spiritual war, and we... It's not with flesh and blood, but um, for those that are wicked in high places, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Mm -hmm. And we sure see that these days. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Scott. Thank you Thank for... Thank you so much for being with us, Scott. Thanks for taking the time. Excellent. Glad to be here to help you guys out. We'll do it again. Yeah, and we'll keep the communication okay. going. I didn't... We'll keep the communication going. Absolutely. God bless you. Absolutely. Okay, thank you.